Hi, this is Mike Edelhart, and I'm here with another edition of Inception, our podcast, now videocast, about beginnings, the beginnings of uh, new companies and new ideas in science, sometimes even a little glimpse of the future. And uh, today I'm here with, I have to say, one of our most interesting portfolio company uh, CEO, Sana Alamovich, and I'm in San Francisco, you're in Sweden. It's great to see you. It's been, we saw each other, I think, just before COVID started. In London. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I tell folks, I, I talk about your company, Sigrid, a lot. And, and I say it's so exciting because you have an incredibly rich science and technology that produces profound effects by putting exactly nothing in the human body. So it's probably as good a place as any to start. So you want to explain just what Sigrid does and how and where you are in, in the build out of this really kind of singular approach to helping folks uh, uh, with diabetes and, and other related uh, challenges. Thank you, Mike. I would like to start with the company name because I get a lot of uh, you know questions about why are you named Sigrid? You know, very very unusual. I think really that the company name also ties to you know the overall vision and mission that we are trying to achieve. And uh, it's a female Viking name. It means beautiful victory. And the victory that we are envisioning, you know, is a world where people don't fall sick. Uh, with diabetes or obesity or overweight, uh, because to a large extent, uh, these diseases are preventable. And we're a company driven by the mission that health should be preventative. So what we've developed is a technology platform that is completely inert. It's a, it's a naturally sourced, carefully engineered uh, a silica powder. Uh, which can be um, put into many foods. Uh, you can, you know, put, you can drink it. Uh, you can put it into bars. It really has this great flexibility. And what it does, it uh, it works like a super fiber. Uh, it reduces uh, the uptake of uh, carbohydrates and fats from your diet, uh, and thereby reduces your blood sugar, your cholesterol levels, and also promotes weight loss. Yeah, it's, it's really innovative. And, and basically, as I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, it does that by capturing one particular amino acid. Exactly, Mike. What's so beautiful uh, with this whole idea is, you know, is we're putting something safe into humans, something natural, something which has, you know, no side effects, but we're still able to have the effects, you know, of, uh, of a drug. Uh, there's really, really powerful effects. Uh, and we're targeting two enzymes. It's uh, alpha amylase and uh, lipase, uh, enzymes uh, involved in the breakdown of fats and carbohydrates. So by eating this material of, of ours, you get less calories uh, than you would have uh, if you didn't consume this. And now, uh, so where are things? So I can imagine folks listening to us talking, going, that sounds like sci-fi. That sounds <laughs> like the kind of thing that's in a lab, but I'll never see it in the real world. But you're actually in the real world. Right. You guys are getting ready to uh, scale, I think. Yes. And I, and I mean, I love that you say that because I acted the exact same way when I met my co-founder, <laughs> this brilliant, crazy professor, you know, who done, who published this data. And I was like, this can't draw dust. You know, we have to commercialize it. This is, can change, you know, billions of people's lives. So it's been 13 years of heavy research, development, process engineering, 
uh, a lot, you know, you take one step ahead, two steps back. But but finally, uh, in February now, we, we uh, achieved a huge milestone. Uh, we were able to industrially scale up this, this product together with a commercial industrial silica player who has the right knowledge and equipment. And uh, we are, we are really, really, really excited about that. So um, it has been really tough, but, uh, you know, if it was easy, everyone would do it, right? That's the <laughs> truth. So if this goes as you hope, what will folks uh, listening and watching to us see? Uh, uh, candy bars that help you lose weight, uh, lemonade that burns as many calories as it gives you. I mean, what kinds of things will uh, emerge here? Uh, and will it come directly? Will there be cigarette bars or uh, will it be coming through uh, other companies or do you even know at this point? Uh, very, very good question. Uh, we're now entering this commercialization phase and we're exploring uh, many opportunities, as you say, to partner with other companies using our Cypor technology, our, our, our branded Cypor technology uh, in their products. But also, I've always known building a company, I want to, you know, I want to be independent. I don't want to rely uh, on big pharma or a big food company to, to, you know, take this product to the market. So we're actually also developing our own product and we're planning to launch this uh, our own product within one to two years you know if you don't mind i'd like to turn it to the personal a little when we first met it was on uh, one of our early trips to sweden uh, mm -hmm. after we had started our european fund and we met you in stockholm with all of your team and everybody was very impressive and i thought wow sweden produces great entrepreneurs and then you said i'm not swedish and yeah. and you told this remarkable story. So uh, if you wouldn't mind, tell your tale because it's it's really some story. Yes. So I I mean, I am Swedish, too. I'm also Bosnian and very much, you know, a world citizen, I would say. I also came to Sweden as a refugee when I was five years old as a war refugee due to the due to the war in the former Yugoslavia. And I came with with my, you know, uh, my mother and uh, and my little brother. We came from um, being upper class. My father is a physician, a doctor. My mother is a lawyer. And then we came to Sweden and we were nobodies. Um, and my, my, uh, my mother is a one fierce woman. You know, she really instilled in me that, uh, you know, education and working hard um, is, your, is your tools to get a better life. You know, if you've lost everything and you saw that still you can be fine, it also made me less hesitant to embark on an entrepreneurial journey because I thought, you know, what's the worst that can happen, right? <laughs> I've already right. escaped the war. Yeah. You're, you know, obviously a, a female founder and we have a lot of female founders in yes, the funds and we have a lot of female team members. And one of the things we talk about a lot is that female founders are founders. They happen to be female, but it's not their femaleness in many cases, if their capacity as great scientists or engineers or whatever, which I think is the case with you. That being said, you not only brought the product to scale during a pandemic, but you had a kid at the same time and had to deal with all that. So how how did you deal with all that? Well, you know, I was uh, I was joking with my team and, t and telling my shareholder, um, shareholders 
uh, this kid better, you know, stay inside until we've solved our, you know, industrial scale <laughs> production, right? But um, he came in September last year, and uh, I, I mean, I worked uh, all the way, I mean, until going to labor when, when the doctors told me, okay, you know, put away your phone now. But it was such an exciting time at the company, right? It actually gave me so much energy. And then once my son, Arvid, uh, was born, I felt what was right for me is actually, you know, to continue working. And the reason was because I have, um, you know, uh, my mother who was very supportive and really wanted to become a grandmother. So she was ready to step in. Uh, and obviously also um, uh, my partner, he sort of accepted that Sigrid is very important to me. And I also told everyone, you don't leave, you know, your first kid just because you get a second kid. And I, you know, he's seven months year old now. Uh, I went back to work after three, three, four months full time. I don't feel that I've lost or missed out on anything. Yeah. And, you know, I, I asked that question and I'm fully conscious when I asked that question that I'd be very unlikely to ask that question of a non-female founder. And, yes, um, you know, and but it, I also told you to ask me that question. Yeah, I, you did. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have. But still, it's just, you know, folks listening. Yeah, because I think uh, it's important. Yeah. yeah. So when we started, you said you had questions for me, but you haven't asked any yet. So go ahead and ask. Them. Yes, I have some questions because I was actually thinking it's so as an investor, because I know you've been around for like decades investing in companies. So I would just- Such a, such a polite way of saying oh. <laughs> but you know, I, I was just curious, Mike, you know, how has it, I mean, how has investing changed? Uh, do you look differently in startups now than you did, you know, do you have other set of criterias, you know, or, or you know, than you did say, you know, 10, 20 years right. back? Wow, that's a big question. Uh, yes and no, in the sense that the world is a lot different than it was 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. Many ideas that would have had value then uh, don't have value now. Many ideas that mm -hmm. would have not been possible or made no sense 20 years ago, like the one behind Secret, uh, do yeah. make sense now and may be viewed as entirely natural. In other words, 10 years from now, the notion that no one pays attention until your blood sugar goes up and you yeah. start to have all kinds of terrible symptoms like blindness and foot neuropathy or all that. And then we dive in and spend a fortune to try and make all that yeah. go away. It may be 10 years from now viewed as what a crazy thing. Yeah. Of yeah. course, we now monitor your body and we and you don't get these problems. And why would you? So that's always the case. And change is constant. Um, and part of what we do as a fund is always look at, is this the right time for this particular yeah. science or uh, idea? So the fact that we're sitting here very naturally in different places, talking over video with nearly invisible things on our heads that allow us to do this is like what and 10 years ago it would have been viewed as completely cuckoo that being said the fundamentals of entrepreneurship in our view uh, are pretty much eternal because every new idea comes into an existing world into an existing market with existing rules and regulations and norms and dominant companies and all that and every new company has to change that. That's mm. what entrepreneurship is all about. And that process of change is, at least in my experience, pretty constant. In other words, you have to understand the world you're coming into. You have to understand all the others that may be seeing opportunity in that world. And you have to uh, deal with 
the fact that it's always more complex, more unexpected, more diverse, just harder than you may have imagined on day one, however hard you may have thought about it on day one. So a lot of what we look for is that, is it the right time for this tech and science and the human being in front of us? We think they're ready to deal with a whole lot more chaos than they think they're going to see. And if we feel that's the case, then we'll um, invest. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I actually have another question. I think this one is sort of like super important to ask because you uh, are fortunate to have both perspectives. You know, you I mean, you invest in, in uh, American entrepreneurs, you invest in European entrepreneurs. And some of the things I'm seeing, like, you know, some of the things that we do, we also see in the U.S., people are doing similar things, but they're always so much faster to commercialize. Hmm. If you can touch a bit upon that. <laughs> that well, I'm happy to. Well, the, the first thing you said you, is if Europeans are one thing, and the first thing we learned when we got to Europe, you know, we asked, is there a European-wide uh, uh, venture ecosystem in health and science? And, and immediately, no. No, so Sweden is a lot different yeah, okay. than France. And France is different than Spain, and Spain is different than Germany, uh, and all of that. So uh, we found uh, distinct cultural differences across all the European countries. Uh, actually, when we were in, I think, our first dinner with mm-hmm. you and some of your early investors, and I asked, why is Sweden producing so many companies of value? And your chairman looked at me and said, we've always been a seafaring people. Yeah, exactly. Always thought about the other market. We're egalitarian, seafaring people, and we speak English. What else are we going to do? Yeah. And I th- that was a real epiphany for me. And, yeah. and if we were sitting with a group of sort of typical early stage folks in France, we wouldn't get that answer. And so the cultures do matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting to say that our re- I mean, there are regional differences um, to entrepreneurship right. also. But, you know, still, Americans commercializing much faster, right. bigger, you know, compared to us right. still. Can you touch yeah. a bit upon that? Yeah, I'm happy to. And, and, and it's true in America. We're actually seeing it begin to emerge in India. The American character, you know, America's had its ups and downs. And recently it's been like watching somebody who has atrial fib, uh, watching the American uh, culture uh, sort of jump around. But... Uh, the core of it is that Americans aren't afraid of risk and Americans aren't afraid of failure. In fact, I say that if you want to understand America, watch a Rocky movie. And Americans don't cheer when, uh, as much when Rocky knocks down somebody as they do when Rocky gets up. And that's the point. You can get hit. You can lose the first seven rounds of a prize fight, get up off the floor, look terrible, have made all kinds of mistakes, and still win. American... Mm. Baseball is a game in which nothing can happen for eight innings. You can get eight runs and think you win and then lose the game on the last pitch. And and that's the national character, which is everything sloppy, uh, never give up. And failure is just a temporary state before you get up off the canvas and against all reasonable odds win. And, And so that's very natural. Uh, other countries have not yet been able to get comfortable mm-hmm. with that risk that Swedish moms and French moms are still, don't fail. And mm-hmm. American moms are like, you know, I, there was a, a, a show called The Magic School Bus here, a cartoon show for children about education. And the beginning of that show was 
get dirty, make mistakes. And that's what American kids learn. And that's great. You can be a big winner by doing all that. And we're starting to see that in other countries. And mm. we're starting to see in India that get dirty, fail, yep. take names kind of thing, because the continent is so big and yep. it's advancing so fast that the whole society is like, we got to come up with stuff that works here. Um, and so, you know, we're seeing cultural shifts like that in Europe slowly, in India quickly. And in the U.S., we're seeing a bit of a reemergence of you know, with the, the vaccine rollout, there's a little bit of America yeah. going, oh yeah, this is what we do. Yeah, we can get everybody <laughs> in the country vaccinated in like 12 weeks. You know, what, what's the big whoop? It's just a math problem. Yeah. And, and that's actually been sort of gratifying to see. So I remember when we first met, you took us to dinner somewhere and we wound up, our guys and your guys, like closing the restaurant. They had to like kick us yeah. out. <laughs> and um, and the same thing's going to happen here. So we could go on for hours. but. Yeah. Um, I, I, we sort of have to wrap it up. You probably have to get to work. I have to get to work. So um, great to see you. Look forward to actually seeing you face to face and uh, you, hopefully Mike. sometime soon. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for this pleasant chat and uh, above all uh, for being, you know, uh, on this journey with us. Same here. It's, a, <laughs> uh, it's an honor to operate alongside you guys. <laughs>